Let's get right into it, man. We're on the past series, and uh, if this is your first time here, again, we welcome you. Thank you so much for being with us today. We couldn't be more excited uh, and more honored that you chose to be with us. Now, I'm Brad Livingston. I'm the executive pastor here at TC, and uh, we're gonna be bringing a, a message to you today, finishing up the past series like you just saw. We believe as a church that God has a purpose for you, and he wants to fulfill it in your life. And so the path uh, is defining and talking about the journey, right? The path that he wants to walk you on. Uh, and so we are so excited. Also, if you're watching us on live stream or through any of our uh, technology outlets, man, we're excited that you joined us. So TC, let's put our hands together for our guests and those that are watching us, our family that are watching us from all over the world. And we welcome you guys. Thank you so much. We, we truly consider it an honor that you joined us today. And so uh, we pray that you, this message will touch your heart and that you've already enjoyed being with us. I know it's a different kind of church, but hey, we love it. So uh, welcome here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I told you, we love it. So let's jump right in. And uh, today we're talking about fulfillment. Turn your neighbor and say fulfillment. Now turn to the person on the other side of you you just neglected and tell them fulfillment, right? Like, hello, person I don't ever talk to, but uh, right on. So hey, listen, our theme verse for this month, 2 Corinthians 5.17, we wanna jump straight into that. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. And uh, when, man, when Jesus grabs a hold of your life, how many guys know that when he starts to change things, man, there is a radical transformation that takes place in your heart. And, and if you don't know him today, man, we, our desire above anything else, right? So our desire above anything that happens at Transformation Church is that today, before you leave this place, if you don't know him or before you turn off that stream, is that if you don't know him, that you would know who Jesus is in your life today. And so uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, so powerful. And so today we're talking about fulfillment. And with fulfillment, we have to talk about purpose. And so with fulfillment and purpose, I wanted to introduce to you a scripture. John 10, 10 says that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose, and this is God talking here, he says, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Man, that God has a desire to, to take you on a journey and to do great things for you and amazing things for you and, and to take your gifts and your passions. We're gonna talk about in just a minute. And he wants to take this life that he's giving you, right? And he wants to not just give you life, but give you life in all its fullness. And people come to us all the time and they say, Pastor, I just feel like I'm in a rut or I feel like I'm in a season where things are, um, they're moving, but they're not going forward. They're, they're, they're going in a direction, but I don't feel like we're making progress. And I just feel like my life is in a lull. And let me tell you something, there is never a point where life is in a lull where you're concentrating on making a difference in people's lives, right? And so, man, we wanna talk to you a little bit today about making a difference, right? And so here at TC, we like to take everyone on a four-step journey, right? And, and the path really is built around these four ideas, right? And so at TC, we want you to experience four things. The first thing we want you to experience is that you would know God, right? Like that's our, that's the first thing we want you to know. That's the first thing we want you to understand is that we want you to know God. And man, in knowing God, there's something so awesome about the creator of the universe having a one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. And so we want you to know God. The next thing that we want you to experience, because knowing God is only part of the journey, but oftentimes that's the only part we hear people talk about in churches. That's the only part we hear people, our pastors talk about. It is the most important and it is first, but it's not last, right? And how many guys, I mean, I grew up in church where it was like, you get saved and then you just hang on till Jesus comes. You know what I'm saying? Just like, 
like, don't mess up too bad and let's see if we can make it till the end, right? Um, and man, I think that's a terrible way to live life. You know, like there's gotta be more to this thing than just hang on till Jesus comes. Like, where's the fun in that? Well, uh, God does give us a few more steps in that. And the next thing he wants you to do is he wants you to find freedom. And in finding freedom, the way that happens is in relationships. Turn to your neighbor and say relationships, right? It happens in relationships. Now I'm not talking about like the relationships between like your spouse and you, okay? That's, that's not really necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm talking about friends and people and uh, the people that you can share with, right? Jesus said, God said, right, that you confess your sins and you repent and you put your faith in Christ and that is how you're saved. But then he comes back and he says that you confess your sins, the things that you're dealing with, the things that you're struggling with, you confess those one to another. And in confessing them one to another, you shine a light on them and then you deal with them and then you find freedom from them, right? Like that's the beauty of relationships. The analogy I give everyone all the time is that you can never find something that you always keep in the dark. And so as long as you keep that sinful part of you, the thing that you don't want anyone else to know, as long as you don't let anyone else know, you're never gonna deal with it. But as soon as you shine a light on it, you can find it and you can get rid of it away from your life. And we want you to find freedom from those things. And the next thing we want you to do is uh, discover your purpose. Right, discover your purpose. Why did God make you? You were not an accident. I don't care who your parents are. I don't care where you come from. You have a purpose. Like God has gifted you and he wants to do something with your life. And in doing something with your life, um, he wants you to now take that purpose that you're discovering and he wants you to make a difference. And when you make a difference in people's lives, I can tell you there is no greater feeling in the world than knowing that you have made a difference in people's lives, right? And, and uh, we believe one of the greatest places you can possibly do that is on the dream team. And uh, dream teamers, where are you at in the house? You guys here right now? Hey, there we go, hey. Uh, so our dream team, man, is made up of uh, a number of people in the church and they serve in all kinds of areas. They make a difference in people's lives every single week right here at TC. So for us, uh, our nursery workers that watch babies, they don't just watch babies, right? They make a difference in the life of both that child and the parents of that child by genuinely serving and using their gift, right? Listen, you don't want me necessarily in children's ministry. I'm just telling you right now, out of the gate, like if the day comes that I'm in children's ministry, the church is in very, very big trouble, okay? So Right, so it's like we're, we're gonna build cocoons for all the children that zips up past their shoulders, right? And like, just wait for their parents to come back. That's how it would roll for me. But we have some kids workers back there. Actually, we have all of our kids workers, but we have some kids back there. They're awesome, man. Like they love to just like teach the kids the word and, and like th that's what they live for. They show up every Sunday. I've seen them on a Tuesday and they're never as happy as they are as they're happy when they're teaching your kids about Jesus. So that's like, that's what they live for. And we have people that do that all over the house and they make a difference in people's lives. But let me tell you something. You wanna overcome the things that you're battling in life. You wanna overcome depression you wanna overcome oppression, you wanna overcome the things that you're just not happy about, start making a difference in other people's lives. Start focusing on someone other than you and watch how fast it goes away, right? You'll stop complaining about your life when you start making a difference in someone else's. That's even free counseling you didn't have to pay for. It. Check that out. All right, let's go. So, so we want you to go through those four steps, right? So, but today we're talking about fulfillment, right? And in the fulfillment, we wanna show you four things that you do not need to live fulfilled, right? So four things that you do not need to live a fulfilled life. The first one, man, is fame, like fame. 
How many of us are chasing being known in life? I just wanna be known for something. How about you be known for pointing people to the one that needs to be known? Like just like fame, right? The next one that uh, we don't need is familiarity. Um, I use this word, one of the other words I would use is comfort, right? So people come to us all the time and we're like, hey, we're gonna go start a small group. We're gonna start feeding uh, people on the streets. So we're gonna start doing this. And people come to us all the time. And like, that's just not really my personality. And I'm like, so what you're telling me, that's just not your comfort level. But how often does our comfort level intertwine with what the gospel is asking us to do? Right, see, because Paul came to Timothy, he, he never told him, hey, if you're an evangelist, like if you have the gift, go talk to people about Jesus. He said, do the work of an evangelist. In other words, whether you feel like you have the gift or not, you still have the responsibility to go out and talk to people about Jesus. And so uh, your comfort zone doesn't really matter. Um, we're not asking you to build a sermon, but I am gonna ask you, talk to people about the only thing that can change their life, right? When someone has a problem in their life, they don't need a hug as much as they need something greater than their problem in their life, something better than their problem, and that's Jesus. So uh, familiarity. The next one, um, I just added this because I feel like some of y'all need to see it, and that's Facebook. Like, so, uh, <laughs> right? Like, Mark Zuckerberg, don't sue me. So, like, you don't need this to live a fulfilled life. As a matter of fact, some of you need to get rid of it to live a fulfilled life. So, but again, that's... That's free counseling. I'm not gonna charge you for it, just whatever, right? So, um, and if you like that, you're gonna appreciate next month's series because next month is called Unplugged and we're gonna talk about how social media and technology tends to control our lives. And even though the Bible doesn't speak directly to social media and technology, mainly because they didn't have a friends list uh, in Bible times that they looked up on their iMac or whatever, but, so the Bible doesn't speak directly to that, right? But he does speak directly to distractions and what it means to be a follower of Christ and how we should prioritize our time. And so next month, we're gonna look at that and we're really, really excited uh, that that is coming up. And then number four, which I think we've spent a lot of time chasing is fortune, right? These are things that you don't need to live a fulfilled life. Fortune is one of them. Listen, I'll tell you this, uh, here, it's a quote. Um, well, I'll just read it to you, right? Uh, what do the rich man and the poor man have in common? Question, the answer, neither of them wish they had more wealth the day that they die. And how many of us spend our whole life chasing something that doesn't mean anything? Right? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you you shouldn't have a job, like, have a job, like, I'm, right? Like, we appreciate your tithes and offerings here at TC, so like, keep working. But what I'm telling you is, some of us literally spend our life trying to make more. I was having a conversation with some of our young men uh, after the first service, after the nine o'clock service, and I was explaining to him that I sat down with a multi, multi-millionaire one time, a very wealthy man, and I was very young, I was 18 at the time, and he said, what do you wanna do with your life? And I started telling him, he said, okay, then what? And then I told him some more, he said, okay, then what? And I started telling him some more, and he said, okay, then what? And I finally, after like the 10th then what, figured out what he was talking about and he was trying to tell me that unless you have an end game, you're never gonna reach your goal. But some of us think that, some of us are chasing a ghost our whole life trying to make it, but we've yet to define what making it is. So we spend our whole life chasing after fortune and chasing, like trying to get the next greatest job so we can have the next best house and we can have the next best car, we can have the next best whatever, but uh, we've very rarely tried to think about uh, our next best step on our relationship with Christ. And so, um, man, we need to be careful what we're chasing 
Um, because otherwise, number one, we need to be careful what we're chasing, but number two, we need to identify when we've got it so that we can take a step back from it, right? One of the young men said, yeah, we got to where we were making $100,000 a year, and I was like, perfect, now I can go to make $120,000 a year. And I questioned, you know, we, I asked the question, I said, so nothing in your mind said, ooh, let me work less so that, and let me work less and still make $100,000 a year so that I can have more time with my family and to work at the church and to impact people's lives with the gospel? No, our reaction is what? Work more so that we can make more. And man, that's just not what Jesus asked us to do, right? He asked us to do more with the gospel, not more with distractions. And so we just need to be careful how much we give our life to things that don't really end up really mattering, right? So uh, Ecclesiastes 5.10 uh, tells us, whoever loves money never has enough. Like that right there, boom, right? Like some of y'all, that, you're gonna take that and put it on your kid's forehead so you can see it every day, right? So like whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Like doesn't matter, guys, right? So um, again, I'm not telling you not to work. The Bible is very specific actually about working, right? About doing that. So I'm not the guy that's telling you not to work. I'm not the guy that's telling you not to earn an income. What I'm telling you is you need to pick what you're chasing in life. Like what are you passionately going after? For me, it's a fulfilled life. Um, and so let's look at the four things that you do need, right? To live a fulfilled life. And the First one that you need to live a fulfilled life is possibility, right? So they interviewed uh, over 10,000 millennials in the country. And one of the things that all the millennials, which is anyone born after 1984, one of the things that all of them said is that they want a job, they want a career that offers them possibilities, right? So more than just coming to work and just doing the thing and making money, man, they wanna make a difference. Like they wanna go out and they wanna accomplish something. They wanna make a difference in someone else's life. They wanna come up with something. They wanna invent something. They wanna be a part of something that's bigger than just whatever the company is. They wanna, they want possibilities in their life. Well, I think that you need possibilities in your life to live a fulfilled life. Maybe not necessarily income, but possibilities and how you can create a difference in someone else's life so that they can be impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Imagine the possibilities, right? If we all took a step back of everything we're trying to accomplish worldly that we're not even gonna keep when we die, what if we took a step back from that and we put more attention on making a difference in people's lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ? What could we accomplish if we focus on the possibility of taking people with us when we get to heaven? Ooh, that would be awesome. The next thing that we need to live a fulfilled life is productivity, Right, like product, like man, I'm that guy. How, anybody ever been like sick or injured and you had to spend like three days or three weeks straight in the house, right? Come day three, like, I'm in the house, like someone got to get me out of here, man. I'm just letting y'all know, like, right? I can't, I need to be productive. Uh, on my Sabbath, right, which is Monday traditionally, I actually like to go like almost completely technology free on my Sabbath, so um, some moments I turn my phone off, which gives everyone a heart attack, but um, I like to turn my phone off and I like to just build things or blow things up. <laughs> Either way, I feel like I'm being productive, right? So like, all right, so, um, so yeah, I either like to um, like build something or shoot something, that's how I roll. Don't worry about sending us an email, you're wasting your time, we don't care. So. Um, <laughs> 
right? So uh, guns or construction, but I, just, I like to be productive, right? Like that means something to me. Uh, and so I think that we need to be productive in the kingdom, right? Like we have time, God is giving us something. Uh, how are we using it? Um, most of us would admit that we're using it. Um, and not often, I won't say everyone's using it poorly, but we can all admit that we could definitely be doing more for the kingdom to accomplish more. We could be more productive. Uh, and then number three um, that you need in your life is people, people. Uh, you guys have heard the adage, right? The banana that gets separated from the bunch gets peeled, right? Like, like that's the way that it goes. And show me the person that's having the hardest time in life, and I will show you the person that is spending the least amount of time with people, right? Because you're flying solo, and the Lone Ranger always gets picked off. And so you wanna know why things aren't working out for you. Oftentimes it's because you don't have people or because you have too many people or the wrong people. And all of those are just as dangerous in your life. Uh, I reference to the Facebook analogy in the beginning, right? So uh, some of us need to be strategic about people. How do we do that? Well, for us at Transformation Church, small groups are so important. Join a small group, man. Get plugged into a small group. Those relationships can and will change your life life, man. Small groups are awesome. If you want to start a small group, we're going to have a video about that in just a few minutes. Um, but you can come to training at six o'clock tonight to start your own small group. It's going to be awesome. Then number four, uh, quickly, is purpose. Man, we, we want to live with purpose. We want to have a purpose. We want God to show us his purpose for us, right? Because oftentimes what we want to be our purpose is not necessarily our purpose. Um, and so we want God to show us his purpose in our life so that we can get plugged into it, so that we can utilize it, so that we can uh, live a fulfilled life. And when you match your purpose and your passions and you take your purpose, you do it with people and you do it productively and then it introduces possibilities, you will live a fulfilled life, I promise, right? Take all of that, plug it into the gospel, I promise you'll live a fulfilled life. There will be, you, you won't be able to wake up. Like you won't be able to, you'll be too excited to wake up and then like, I, I just can't sleep. I just need to like, I can't wait. There is nothing better than knowing every day when you wake up, you're gonna make a difference in someone's life, man. Like that's so awesome. So here it is. Yeah, that's what you need to live a fulfilled life. Um, and FYI, like this, this is a selfish plug. Transformation Church offers you all these things. So um, come back next week and, and yeah, so just, all right. And this is a part one, part two scenario. So next week, we're gonna have part two. Is that a ploy to get you back? Of course it is. So um, come back next week and you're gonna get the part two to this sermon too. We're really excited. Uh, I wanna introduce you to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Some of you guys have heard this before, right? And so what happened is in a study, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs goes in and they studied the top areas of things in people's lives that they needed to feel like they were living a fulfilled life, right? So in these things where they felt like they were living a fulfilled life, the first First thing that people need is their physical needs, right? Like these things need to be met for the person to live a fulfilled life. First thing is their physical needs. How many guys know we need to eat food and drink water and sleep? And some of y'all do one of some of those more than the others, right? Like, amen, praise God. My wife, she can sleep anywhere, anytime, doesn't matter. Like, you know, like we'll be in mid-conversation. I look over and she's just knocked out. Like, like. All right, um, so that's definitely something that the Lord has blessed her intrinsically with. So um, for me, um, it's food, praise God. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I knew I'd get y'all with that. Welcome to church, folks. No, so um, we have our physical needs, right? Like we need to eat, we need to drink water, like those things, we need sleep. Then there's our safety needs. We need protection, we need security. Like we need all of those things in our life. Then there's our love needs, our affection and relationships. 
You, to live a fulfilled life, you need affection. You need relationships in your life. There's esteem needs, which is achievement, responsibility, like we were talking about uh, possibilities and productivity, right? Then there's the cognitive needs, which is our desire to know things. It's the reason why the Discovery Channel exists, right? It's the reason why you watch Shark Week. You don't care about sharks. You're never gonna pet one, but you still wanna watch them on TV. Why? Because you wanna know things, right? Um, so like, that's the reason we do, and then some of you know things that just don't matter, but we're not getting into that. So there's cognitivity. Then there's aesthetic needs. Our desire to see beauty and to look at arts and to listen to music and just all the, the beauty, right? And some of you spend far too much time looking at the beauty that is in the mirror, but we're not going there either, right? Like, so, so we'll talk about, we're gonna talk about selfies next month, but not right now, right? So uh, aesthetic needs, right? And then there's uh, this, the self-actualization needs, which is personal growth and self-fulfillment, right? Like, and, and, and the original hierarchy needs, that's kind of where it stopped, right? It's the self-actualization needs to accomplish and to better yourself. But what they found in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that as they were studying these things out, most people still did not feel like their life was meaningful even after they had reached the end of the pyramid. Like they still felt like something was missing. And the thing that they found out was missing is the transcendence needs. And what the transcendence needs are is literally creating a difference in the lives of others. You can sit two billionaires or millionaires next to each other. One of them can be giving things away and the other one can be keeping everything for themselves. And I, pos I promise you, the one that is just keeping everything for themselves is always gonna be battling something in their own mind and in their own heart. They're gonna be going through depression. They're gonna feel like even though they have all the money in the world, something's still missing. And the thing that's missing is making a difference in other people's lives. Check this, you cannot know Jesus and still live a fulfilled life, but you can't have a fulfilled eternity, right? But knowing Jesus and having a fulfilled life means making a difference in other people's lives for the sake of Jesus, like doing something with this amazing gospel that we have. So we want to show you four areas that we give, right? So does that make sense? Like we, so to live a fulfilled life, because we're talking about living a fulfilled life, to live a fulfilled life, you need to take your passions and your purpose and you need to give it away for the sake of the kingdom. That makes sense, right? So what I wanna show you is four ways that we give. You guys ready? We're gonna go through these quickly. So the first area that we give of ourselves, right? We give of ourselves. The first area is our time. Give time, right? And when we're giving our time. We are taking the allotted time frames. We're taking the days. We're taking the time that God has given us and we're using it to make a difference in someone else's life, right? And that goes back to what we were talking about where my buddy is making plenty of money and his desire with his time is to use his extra time to make more money, but he's not going to do anything with it. So why don't you make the same amount of money on less days, then use that time to volunteer somewhere or to help make a difference in someone's life. Like, do something other than just live life for you, right? And so we give of our time. Psalms 139.16 says, uh, like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. 
All the stages of my life were spread out before you. This is the psalmist talking to God. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one of them. In other words, God has already set out a roadmap of life for you. He already has people set in place that you're gonna meet, that you're gonna be able to introduce to the gospel, that you're gonna be able to talk to and make a difference in their life. The only thing you have to do is not become so self-absorbed with everything you're trying to accomplish for yourself that you miss out on the opportunities to change someone else's life. Less amens on that one. I get it. Stay calm. It's all right. Like, like you guys are like, oh, that message took a turn I wasn't ready for. So, all right. Number two, number two, right, is we give of all of our money. I'm kidding. Don't write that down. That was definitely a joke, okay? Like, I do that in growth track all the time. People are like, oh, my, what's the last word? No. Like, it's talents. We give our talents, right? We give our talents. Listen, God has given you the ability to do amazing things. And some of these abilities are things that only make sense to you. Like only you have them. Like he didn't give them to anyone else, right? Um, I have this weird, I have like, I can do math very quickly in my head, right? So um, my wife thinks that it's like this freakish ability that I have, and it's, she's probably right. So first of all, my wife doesn't buy anything at regular price when she goes shopping. So, um, and in that, that's a blessing from the Lord that I gladly receive. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, so that just means more firearms in the house. Anyway, so um, I'm totally kidding, kind of. So she, when we go shopping, right, I'll take her shopping because uh, I wanna be a good husband, um, not because I like shopping. As a matter of fact, no man likes shopping. We like buying, right? Like we like to go in the store and buy things and leave the store. We don't necessarily wanna do laps, but whatever. So don't nudge your spouse. I see some of you, right? Like, see, I told you, Pastor Brad's like that too. Um, but anyways, right? So with the talents, right? Like I can do this. So my wife will just be like, hey, what's 30% off $17.99? And I'm like, blah, and I'll figure it out. Like she'll be like, what's 72% off of $12.99? And then she likes to talk to other people about it, right? So she's like telling other women like, oh my God, he's just good with numbers. Like watch this. And then she'll name off a price and I'll do it. And then they start bringing me clothes and asking me how much it costs. And I'm like, ah, like, like I don't work here, lady. Like find a calculator. I don't have to tell you, right? Like, <laughs> I do this for my wife, but not for all the other women buying purses. Like, mind your business. No, I'm just kidding. So, like, but like God has done that in me, right? Like, he's given me that ability to do that. Um, and so, I, like, I do that. But one of the things he's given me a talent also is worshiping on the platform, right? I've been on the worship team for 16 years. Um, and, I, and I, yeah, thank you. I love every minute of it, man. Like, never, I've never got paid a dime. I never will. Neither will anyone else. Like that's the way we roll. And I'm the head of the worship ministry. So if I don't get paid, you can bet no one else does. So, um, but so yeah, like, man, I love doing it. Why? Because I'm giving my talent to the person that gave it to me. Right. And that's God. And then we get to use it to lead you awesome people in worship. And we love doing that. And, and so, um, but so, and he's giving me this weird ability. Like I can play pretty much any instrument. Over I'm not bragging. I'm just saying like, he's, I practice and I work at it, but it, like, I know people that try to play guitar for four years and they can't, right? And I like the God is just, God is giving me that ability and it's awesome. You know what he has not given me the ability to do? Sing. <laughs> Listen, man, I wanted to real bad. Like I wanted to be that guy that could lead worship. I'm like, man, I could play these instruments if I could sing, right? I could play and I could sing and I could play and I could sing. We could lead worship. It would be awesome. And God was like, ha, no, watch this, right? So like, I don't have that ability. Um, I really wish I did. If we ever want to shrink the church, that is the route that we're gonna take, right? I'm going to lead worship in kids' ministry. Like, that's how that's gonna work. So, no, um, 
but what's happening, right? God gave me talents, like he's given me gifts and we use those gifts in the kingdom to make a difference in other people's lives, right? Like, like and, I, and I don't, please don't hear this as an arrogance thing because I promise you it's not. A lot of these musicians, I've either discipled or trained musically on this stage, right? Like I've had the honor of doing that uh, and, and in that. So whether it's discipling them spiritually, they were great musicians, but I'm working with them spiritually, or if it's that they were great spiritually, but I'm teaching them uh, how to play music on their instruments, whatever, like no matter where they are in life, right? Um, I've had a hand in impacting their life. And how many of you were impacted today in worship by them leading you as a congregation in worship, right? So, so, is it, so does that make sense, right? That when we give our talents to the Lord and we train people and we equip people and we disciple people. Now they're making a difference in people's lives and it's like a multiplication thing, it's awesome. So anyways, give your talents to the Lord. And then the last one that we wanna show you, or not the last one, the third one we wanna show you is that we give of our treasure. We do give of our finances, man. Like that's why I'm not telling you not to have a job. Like I'm not, that's not biblical. We do have jobs, we do earn an income. Like we do all of those things, but when we give our treasure and we're giving that to the Lord, or we're giving it to people, man, how great are those opportunities for God to use that. Man, in the Haven, we're about to sow over $30,000 into the Haven for kids with special needs down the hallway. And how amazing is that opportunity for each one of us? And guess what? We're not really taking up special offerings. We're not coming in saying, hey, we really need $30,000. You're giving that you just give all the time is what's funding those projects, right? And so you're making a difference in people's lives. And quite frankly, in that particular people group is a very unreached people group, right? Um, and so God has placed that in our hearts. So, but not just the Haven, the kids ministry and the teens and everything that's happening at TC, you're giving. Giving of your treasure does that. Uh, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man, when you give, man, that's where your heart is connecting to. And so give. And then lastly um, is that we want you to give truth. Give truth. Right? And the only way that I can show you why truth makes sense here is if we look at John 14, 6, where Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we're talking here about giving things away, like giving things away so that we can feel fulfilled, right? That's, that's the whole purpose of what we're talking. So when we're talking about the fulfilled life, the fulfilled life is actually not going out and getting a hold of all the things you can. The fulfilled life is actually giving every way you can, right? So here's the thing, we're also not the church. It's like, man, it's all about giving this area. If you, if you don't give us your money, like we have people in this church that never come to a Saturday work day ever. We're gonna meet on Saturday at 9 a.m. We're gonna clean the parking lot. I can point out three people that are never coming because they're doctors and lawyers. They're not coming to a Saturday work day. You know what I mean? That's okay. Their tithe makes up for it. <laughs> like, like, and I don't mean that sarcastically. Like, I'm just saying, right? Like, like, so, but a few years back, our microphones, our microphones all went out. All of our wireless microphones went out. We had to spend $8,000 to replace all of them. And uh, so guy that never comes to a Saturday workday comes up to me, right? And he's like, how much are those microphones you were talking about? I'm like, $10,000 or $8,000. He's like, here's a check for 10,000 just in case anything else pops up, right? You know, you know what I told him? You know what I told him? 
I said, you keep that check and you come to a Saturday work day and then I'll take it. I'm lying, that's not what I said. I said, thank you very much. Right, we went and bought new microphones. So, right, <laughs> right, why? And a lot of churches, and I'm, I'm not trying to compare us, right? It's not a competition thing. That's not what I'm trying to accomplish here. I'm just saying, in a lot of churches, if you're not giving money, you don't matter. That's not the way it works. Because there are times in your life where you will have more money to give and less time. But then there's times in your life you're gonna have a lot more time or a lot more talents to give, but not as much treasure. And we all tithe, like it's staff and dream team, we all tithe, 10% of our income. We give that to the Lord, we give it cheerfully and joyfully because he gives back to us. But giving to the Lord is not just narrowed down to making sure you get money. It's about making a difference in people's lives. And so if you give time, maybe this month you got a lot more time and talents to give and you got treasure. I've been there, friends. Like, I know what that feels like, all right? Like, so don't, don't this, I can't speak for other churches and I'm not bashing other churches. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying here in this house, we care about any way that you can give to create an impact and in in creating a difference in the lives of other people. Like that's what matters to us. And more importantly, doing it with the truth. What is the truth? The truth is hope. The truth is the gospel. The truth is Jesus. So what are you going to do with your time and your talents and your treasure and your finances, all the ways you can help? You're going to take the truth. You're going to take the gospel. You're going to take Jesus and you're going to create a difference in people's lives. Why? Because Jesus loves them so much. And we have a responsibility to take this amazing truth, this hope that is only found in the good news that Jesus loved us so much that he chose to die for us. And so we take that good news and we go into a community of special needs kids that, that their parents aren't hearing that hope because no one knows how to take care of their kids. Or we go into a, a community of teenagers that no one knows what to do with them because there's problems surrounding them. And we introduce that hope. It doesn't matter where your influence is. What matters is that you take the hope. But the problem is as many of us have reserved ourselves to familiarity and comfort. And so we don't wanna take the gospel because we're uncomfortable with the possibility of someone saying no. But John 6:44 in the Bible says that no one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them. So that takes the responsibility off of me. It doesn't matter if they say no. My responsibility is not to bear the weight of the gospel. My responsibility is not to bear the weight or carry the load. My responsibility is to carry the message. And then God takes the responsibility. And if he opens their eyes of the gospel, then he opens their eyes of the gospel. But get this, them saying no or them saying yes doesn't change your responsibility to take the message of truth and give it to anyone you come in contact with. The gospel, the life-changing power of God through salvation to save you for every sin in your life. Not to judge you for it, it's actually to introduce to you a way to get away from the judgment for it. The gospel is so powerful. I sat next to Jabin's bed two weeks ago. And when I sat there, he, he had a very a rough week having a lot of seizures. And I'm not trying to make this, I'm not trying to bring this down. Like everyone laugh for a second so I can not cry. Right? Like, all right, thank you. I appreciate that. So, all right, so uh, I was sitting next to the bed. He had a lot of seizures the next day. I was sitting next to bed, I was rubbing his hand and I just, I started weeping. And my wife came, she started rubbing my back. And she, you know, just talking to me. And I looked up at her and I said, baby, I'm not crying over what's happening to our boy. Don't get me wrong, I do. But at that moment, I wasn't. I looked at her and I said, how great of a love 
must God have for us that if he takes our boy home today, it's not the end. You see, God loved us so much, folks, that he looked at me and he looked at my wife and he looked at some of you or all of you, whatever. He looked at you and he said, I want them. Go lay down your life so that I can have them. And so Jesus comes to the earth and I looked at my wife and I said, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us so that we wouldn't have to pay the price. But I was preaching the gospel to an already saved woman, but just reminding her that if he takes our baby boy home today, because of how much Jesus loves us, he's already given us a way to hold him again. My friends, that is the truth. And that is the gospel, that God loves us so much. I don't know where you, some of you are today. I'm done crying, I promise. I don't know where some of you are today, but I can tell you this, Jesus loves you and there's hope in him. And and I don't care how bad of a life you live, listen, standing on this stage, and I'm not talking about that guy, I'm talking about me, right? Is drugs and alcohol and gangs and, and, and everything that you could think like, man, my life was a mess. And yet here I am, Jesus radically transformed my life. So I just want to, I wanna give you this one statement then we're gonna pray. Pastor's gonna make fun of me all week because I always tell him he preaches too long. This one statement, I just want you to think about it. If you don't leave with anything else, I want you to think about this statement. You guys have heard the analogy, give a man a fish, right? Give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Introduce that man to the fisher of men and you may have changed eternity. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for every person that's here. Thank you, Lord. If you're in this room right now, say, I don't know Jesus. I know about him. I hear you talking about him. I've heard other people talk about him, but I don't know him. If you're watching us on live stream right now, you say, I don't know Jesus. He's not the ruler of my life. I haven't surrendered to him. More importantly, I haven't put my faith in him. You see, here's the beauty of the gospel, folks, is that Jesus died on the cross. But when he died on the cross, he absorbed and destroyed the sin in your life when you put your faith in him. You are now bringing yourself into a place where the gospel is bringing you back to life. Jesus died on the cross, so all you have to do to be saved is put your faith, repent of your sins, turn away from them, put your faith in Jesus Christ, that when he died on the cross, he paid the price for your sins so that you wouldn't have to pay him yourself. So right now, if you're in this place, you're watching us on live stream, say, I don't know Jesus today, but I want to know him, pray for me. I'm not gonna come to you, I'm not gonna point you out. If that's you, would you just raise your hand in this place? God bless you, God bless you. Just raise, I'm not gonna come to you, I'm not gonna point you out. I want Jesus in my life, I wanna put my faith in him. I wanna be saved, God bless you. 
you're watching us on live stream, God bless you. If you're watching us on live stream. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Here's what I'm gonna do, I wanna pray for you. And as, I, as we pray this, we're gonna pray this prayer together. The whole church is gonna pray with you, right? So you're not just gonna be by yourself. And if you're watching us on live stream, man, I want you to pray this prayer out loud, like freak out the people in Starbucks, right? So just like pray it, <laughs> so just whatever, man. So we, we want you to pray this prayer. This prayer doesn't make you saved. All this prayer does is confess that you're putting your faith in Christ and that faith makes you saved, right? The grace makes you saved. So just pray this prayer with me. Everyone say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I confess I have sin. So Jesus, make me pure. Make me whole. I recognize that you died on the cross, paid for my sins. You resurrected three days later through your life, through your death, through your resurrection, I can be saved. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that prayed that for the house.